Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Aaron Hapgood, Patrick Dangerfield, joining you this morning for Real Adventures. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. I sound a bit crook this morning, you're so bit, apologies uh, for that. A bit rusty this morning. A little bit uh, nasally. Yeah. Didn't yep. stop you uh, last weekend, though, did it? No, no. Yeah, Good win. Get sick. Yep. Hawkers tomorrow. Get ready for that. Nice one. Very Charging good. Charging on. How's your week been? It was, it was a cold week. It, it was, was very cold. <laughs> I was at the uh, local footy. Did you see the local footy this, not this weekend, but last weekend? I forget where they were actually playing. Ringwood. Ringwood was it Ringwood, wasn't it? Yeah. She and, was snowing. And, and I'm not joking. I've got a photo here. I'm going to show you why I'm talking to you. I haven't showed you this, but I was at Queenscliff oh, on perfect. the weekend. We're, we're talking on the radio and you're showing I've got to show you the photo, but I'm going to paint the picture for the, for the people listening. But we um, was at Queenscliff and um, I had my dog Hunter down there watching my partner play Kari at Nepal and um, the rain started coming in and my dog doesn't like water like it hates the rain and we're standing there what watching. sort of uh, dog is it for everyone it's a, it's a small one just a great Dane so we're, we're sitting there and An he's four months Dane old that's, that's can set fire <laughs> he's four and a half months old and I'm not joking you one bit he the rain comes, so he sort of like, I walk, I walk myself out of the rain to hide, and then the hail come. And when I say the hail come, I mean the hail come as bad as you could actually get it. Um, he just dropped onto the ground. My car was, I had to get my car, um, which was probably 100 metres away. So then I kind of get Kari's attention because they all come off the court. So she's holding the holding the lead around to the car. Then I had to go back, and he would not come to the car. He just laid there. You try, he's only 40 kilos, 35 and a half kilo. <laughs> I lift him up. I had to carry him to the car. And I'm not joking. You see this photo here, Pat? When I was driving out of Queenscliff, that there is nothing. On the way back, I didn't take a photo because I was driving. I pulled over to the side of the road there. Um, you see him. But when I was on the coming back, it was um, it would have been three centimetres thick, the hail, in the narrows at Queenscliff the whole way through. The, the, it went for about... Have you had that out in the boat before? Um, What's the worst, worst well, weather you've I've, been I've out in the boat? I've had thunderstorms out in the boat where you um, everything is buzzing. Yeah. So the rods, the graphite rods, zzz, buzzing, and your hair on your arms all sticks really? up. Really? But they actually buzz. Like I remember, I was fishing with a mate at the top of the mud island. We're fishing for whiting, and I remember it was not raining, but it was just thunder and lightning. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I'm making a joke about it, graphite rods, and all of a sudden, like, what's that noise? Like thinking it's a transducer going on, zzz, and it's just the um, the rods from the thunder. It's the what do you call it? The static. It's buzzing yeah. that much, and I've that's happened numerous times now, but. It was that was pretty scary out there because you don't know like what's going on. Why fishing rods making a funny noise? So 
Yeah, what about you? I haven't had hail on the water. Fog, fog's a killer. Groot, when I've fished Groot Island with our good mate uh, Bomber Farrell, we've been we've had to race literally the um, fronts in the fronts in, and because they move in so quickly, like it turns a beautiful day into absolute chaos. Yeah, right. And like literally, that's your tropical sort of weather, isn't it? Well, exactly right. Obviously, there's no there's no swell there, but when that wind gets up, the waves. It, well, swell is actually boat. not always n- not actually a bad thing sometimes because swell tends to break. Chop that is up. when you're running from it. No, no, no swell t- tends to break the chop up. That's what I'm trying to say for you up there when there's no swell. That cho- it's like Port Phillip Bay. Short, it's na- sharp, it is nasty. Yeah. It is boats actually. A lot of boats can struggle to perform against that chop that um, gets provided in Port Phillip Bay. There's not too the, many uh, boats that are going to go that well. When oh no, no, that's right. Crap, but that's it? what it's actually a lot of boats. What I meant to say are built for swell rather than chop itself. Yeah. So they can get through the swale and the chop in the ocean because it's so spread apart. Yeah. Where in the bay, it's it's sometimes it's that a metre away. Sharp, yeah, crap. just yep. real, like, rough, hard stuff. So, yeah, it's... Um, fog. Fog's a killer on the water. You know what else is a killer? Um, getting fined as an AFL player when you're a really avid fisherman. Okay. And we're talking... We're going we're to save the gaff for a little bit later. But getting, Benny Cunnington is in the gun this week. What's he done now? Oh, we'll save it for later. Don't worry. We'll save it for later. He has acquired, you know, and he's a great mate of the shows. We love Benny. Having a phenomenal season. He's, 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 he's got enough fines to buy a few boats, quite a few Stellars, at least a... Well, you had a bit of a whinge the other week. At you? least a 50-horsepower telesteer, <laughs> you know, like... Astonishing. So, Benny Cunnington, you are lining you what up. What was your fine? A couple of grand? A couple of grand the other last time? Yeah, it's got nothing on what yeah, Benny's nothing on Benny, does it? I got stuck I don't in know how. I don't know how Benny's missus lets him back in the house. Because he's bringing in a bit more money on the other side of it. Just shy of 20k at the moment this year for Benny. Um, That's a Redmond, lot of money. Um, yes. Your week in fishing. It was a crappy week, to say the least. Nonetheless, it was, it was hard. It was cold. It was miserable. Starting right from last weekend, right through. But it got a little bit better at the end of the week. Managed to get offshore and get a couple of nice gummies, which was nice. Um, the whiting went really well. Dirty water, swell. It was as good as it get. But those, the swell dropped a little bit. And the northerly winds come. Well, westerly, northwest. Yep. The salmon fishing off the beach, Pat, I have had no trouble finding them at all. And we're seeing, Nothing. We're seeing it right around the country at the moment. Literally, it's WA still got them. WA yep. is going really well. And the salmon we're getting are some big salmon. Um, I was off Bancura Beach the other week, and they were small around the kilo mark. But the Bowen River, which is a place where you can take the kids, you're protected out of the wind and the swell. I'm not going to say the rain because that falls out of the sky. But you're protected pretty well in there. And right at the mouth there, um, casting into the channel where the boats go in and out. You'll see me zipping in and out there. You can cast into it, and you're catching up to three kilo, Pat, like, and, and a lot of them too. Like, you're getting... If you're there for half an hour, you can get a dozen fish. Like, that's going pretty good going. So, um, there's plenty of salmon along the surf beaches, but the swell and the and the, the wind of the last couple of weeks has obviously pushed those whiting, those big whiting into the bottom end of the heads there, and that's what I've pretty much been doing most of my fishing on. Um, Redmond, around the country, obviously kingfish, one of our uh, favourite fish to target. We were speaking uh, to Dave Ballinger a few weeks back, and he was talking about how he always thinks they're around. They're, they're just not quite as prevalent. But there's been a, uh, a kingfish that was tagged in... Sydney Harbour, mm-hmm. or around the Sydney region, um, that went on a 670-kilometre journey. 
Right. Right up north into Australia and then uh, to the northern part of Australia and then back down to Sydney. Um, does it surprise you? And, and this was um, this was released by the Department of Fisheries um, with just how far the fish travelled. Does it does it surprise you with just how far these fish travel? Like they don't just well, sit was in one spot. 220 days, it says in the article you're showing. That's not even a year. Like, Yep, they're travelling big distances. I reckon it'll come down to... Um, Ocean currents and and the likes. Now you t- we speak to Gwaine Blake, who obviously partnered with me in Salt Guide, and um, he's always following the ocean currents and where the kingfish are travelling. With and it works for him. He watches it come right down the coast, and vice versa the other way. And it's probably just like I don't know the actual. I don't know much about kingfish up the northern part of Australia. I know the further they go up, they actually the eating quality comes down. Pat, yeah, they, that's they, true. Their yep. quality is not as good, um, but. Yeah, he, those would be very interesting if you could get charts to show the maps of why that fish was moving. Was it with a school of fish and they moved together? Or was it just an individual fish that was lost or travelling trying to make its way? Or is it following the currents that Gwaine talks about to find its feed where it wants to be? I don't know. It'd be interesting yep. to watch. One, rip charts is what I use and what we use to locate these fish. It'd be interesting to see actually where it, where, where, what made it move. Was it the currents or the food or what it was? Redmond, we often talk about uh, technology when it comes to the fishing space. You've got a bit of an update with Vic Fisheries. They've updated their app. Well, it was going to be my review, so you've pinched that, so I'm going to have to change that. So, uh, yes, it is. It's uh, something that's really handy, and I think everyone needs to have it on their phone who is a recreational fisherman in Victoria. Yep. And um, it was pretty disappointing by Vic Fisheries that the fact that they actually didn't have this updated to what what is now over the last period of time because I don't think it's been updated for quite some time. I mean, there's a lot um, of technology that goes into yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of technology. And what they've done is they've brought their app back out now and they've updated it. And I had a real good look at it the other week, uh, last week when it came out. It is as good as you can get. The pictures are so graphic. If you can't work out what species of fish you're going to catch by using this, um, you can flick through them so quickly, and they're, and they're quite a big photo of each species of fish. You have a rough idea what it's going to and be. You can zoom in you now. You can zoom it, right in. You can do it all, and it's got all the information. So your possession limits, your bag limits, but something that I really like the app, what it has is, um, I can't remember the actual exact name for it. It's probably written in front of me somewhere. Um, well, you can purchase... It, uh, you can purchase... Fishing licenses online as well, which I've done. You can forget sometimes yeah, when they're out of date. You can. You can just do it online, bang, straight away. Well, and the, what I was going to say there with this um, mapping is it actually, it's got a marine parks watch where you are. So you hit the locate button and it tells you if you are allowed to actually fish there, which is, I think, really handy. I've used it a couple times. Um, they had, had it beforehand, but this is updated. This is Smiko. This is really good. So it's um, really important to, you can, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble very easily, accidentally. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to do. And I've done it. I won't, I'll try and dob myself in here. I've done it a couple of times. Well, not a couple. I've done it one, yeah, once or twice. <laughs> but where I've got myself gone, crap, am I on the border, border here? And you just press the bang button on the app. Yep. And it pinpoints your location with the chart. And it tells you if you're in the, in the area that you shouldn't be. Um, the electric motor industry is really starting to heat up. Obviously, technology around the world. Um, we're seeing it in automobiles. We'll eventually see it in, in bigger boat motors, I believe. But Garmin and Lowrance have both um, invested heavily in, into this market and they've just released um, their new trolling motors, Redmond. I know you're a fan of Minn Kota yeah, and great, Motor, yep. Mod, Motor Guide and what they're able to deliver. But Garmin specifically, they're releasing a 36-volt electric motor, which is quite extraordinary with how powerful that will be. So how will that run? Is it obviously 
battery operated. But you'll you'll need three batteries. Three. Um, and I think clearly this is a market that they're they're targeting the best market in in the states. Yeah. I think really versus the Australian market specifically with it because I reckon you'll be looking at around five or six grand at least for that thirty thirty six. Um, How much five or six mode. grand is your every every bit of five okay, or six yeah. grand? Yep. And then you've got all the other, which is a fair bit of money. Absolutely, well, you've got everything else that that um, that you put into it as well. And I think with the Garmin one, I think it's just a it's a freshwater um, version initially, which really is going to be interesting to see how the Australian market um, approach it because I don't think it really suits us. We obviously, I think one of the big appealing things for both Minkota and Motorguide is the ability to use them in salt water. Yep. Um, you know, for you, Port Phillip Bay being able to actually spot lock, yeah, squid fishing in, in the um, in the mouth, like it, it, it it's, a, it's a huge change. It's yeah. uh, Garmin uh, right up there with their um, technology. Um, they invested a huge amount of money in it lately. Yeah. Um, also, during the week, you sent me a video uh, about just a little fish, great white shark, <sighs> off Cal- off California. It's the biggest thing I've seen. Um, well, personally on social media, they reckon it's 25 to 30 foot long. Um, SA Angler posted about it. I was a, It's the biggest thing I've seen. I've never seen a great white shark in the flesh. But oh, haven't you? No. Nah. Yeah, they're scary. No. Nah. <laughs> Have you seen them? <laughs> I've seen a few of them. Um, I've seen one off the South Wales coast, and the year where they were sitting behind the back of the heads on the kingfish crown, I saw a couple there too. Um, but you know what the thing is? Each time I've gone to capture footage of it, only once I've ever got on there because... I've had them come up behind things and turn, and you just see it. You know they're, you know they're. Yep. I know when a mako shark to a twenty foot great white. It's a, a big Volkswagen. Yeah, it's, of, uh, it's, it's like why is that car swimming? But, <laughs> uh, and just so, just quickly before we wrap up this segment, Patrick is. Uh, I just want to say I know it's not the whip round, but the trout at the moment it's this time of the year uh, we start to see good captures and a very good place down the coast of. Um, the southwest coast of Victoria. Uh, Hopkins River and the uh, Mary Rivers is fishing really, really good for trout. And hard bodies, because the rain's coming, the rain, a lot of water at the moment moving. Yep. So the hard bodies are working really well, small hard bodies. Um, you can get numerous band, brands of them, whatever you want to get, the Atomic. Um, you've also got Rapala casting them, casting them into these strong currents and working out where that eddy is going to be off the back of that uh, actual... Um, where the water's falling down. Yep. So you want to get it, your you, you hard body on the edges of those where the fast water's moving and pulling it through the slow water if you can find a nice little eddy. And that's where they're going to be fitting, sitting the trout and that's where they're going to do most of their work. And there's some really big fish there. So if you are wanting something to do while it's windy and cold, you can get into the Hopkins River and it's a, it's a not a, it's, well, it's actually a beautiful river too. It's, the whole landscape there is fantastic. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures Show to join in the conversation. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres, What Are You Building For? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. It's time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Yes, it is time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Your next summer break is waiting at bigfour.com.au. Explore and book today. And if you're fishing around the Port Ferry area, head to Big Big Four oh, Port no. Ferry. That's actually usually, that's usually, that's, that's, that's usually my segment. <laughs> oh, I'm speaking like you at the moment. That's that, was, a, that was nearly worse. I've stayed at Port Ferry a few times there, uh, Big Four. There. Port Ferry is a beautiful place. Beautiful spot. Um, so underrated, especially. What's the um, what's the 
archipelago off Port Ferry. I don't even know what that word means. The Rock Island. Oh, Lady Julie Percy. There you go. I know what the Rock Island is. <laughs> Keep it simple, Pat. Come on. <laughs> um, Rock Red- Island. <laughs> now, Redmond, uh, we've done a little bit of research, as we always do every morning Yep. Um, and throughout the week. Jim Credlin, it's as bad as it's been this week. The weather's been terrible. So yep. we've got nothing to report from inland Victoria. Um Chris, O you spoke to, he's been overseas. He's in New Zealand. He's uh, and the weather's been hasn't been great down the coast. No, safe it hasn't. to say when it comes to tuna fishing in Portland, it's just swell's been massive. Um, but some good things around the country, Pat, is South Australia. Uh, Snapper, I spoke about it last week. Uh, Wyala Fishing Charters, they were out, and uh, they had some really, really good captures of Snapper once again, as well as some whiting as well. Not those guys, but I've seen some other reports on through South Australia, some really big King George whiting, which is yep. great to see. Uh, pushing back to Port McDonnell. After this blow of wind, I don't know where these tuna are going to be because no one's been on them. Yep. But... I'm talking about the barrel tuna. Yep. I would be going there. I'd be going to Port McDonald and starting to look there. Big westerly winds also means it favours an ocean current. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as of the next few days, but the currents, we haven't seen any barrel bluefin tuna at Apollo Bay yet. It's sort of just been Portland, Port Which has been unusual because there's generally there's a few yep. sort of spasmodic captures throughout the year. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it can be a great place to fish, Pat, but just no barrels with the west winds it can trigger ocean currents to move it can and it's been howling as you know the other day i thought the roof was going to blow off so it's been really really uh, really good um you spoke That's off the right. top of the show when it comes to trout fishing because the weather's been so bad yep. when it comes to um fishing off the ocean uh your report for inland yeah the hopkins river and the mary rivers have been really really good they like i said at the start of the show the hard body lures is your go-to it is something that's working a treat down there. Now, that's sort of down the west coast. That's Hopkins River, sort of Warrnambool Port Ferry Way. It's a beautiful place for the uh, part of the world, and it's the trout fishing's good. And if you can't trout fish, you've also got the Glenelg River up there, which is only a couple of hours from there. The Glenelg River, the Nelson, is... The Mulloway fishing in there is incredible, Pat. It is as good as it gets. I know numerous people that are fishing in this weather because it's something you can do in the weather. It's fishing really, really good. And don't don't ever forget the brim fishing in there is as good as it gets as well. Like the, the brim are that thick. They take your baits off your hook when you're fishing for Mulloway. The other thing to consider, Edmund, um, off the back end of the school holidays, Vic Fisheries obviously stocking quite a few yep. um, lakes and rivers right around the region, whether it be Beep in the southwest of Victoria. Um Snobs Creek has obviously been supplying those near near Eldon, um, so there's plenty of good places around the, the place that has been stocked by Fisheries Vic. So if you want more info on um, the regions that have been stocked, head to uh, the Fisheries Vic website, and you can really follow those and get yourself a good fair trout. We're taking it back down to uh, Port Phillip Bay. Is yes, we've had some crazy weather, but. The snapper. Don't forget the snapper offshore. It's what I will be doing because after this blow. Um, you would think the ocean's going to be fired up and those snapper should feed really, really well. That 30 to 50 metres, the charter boys, they worked a bit deeper than me. They work 50, 45 to 50. I, they get a lot of that sort of kilo to three kilo stuff in that deep water out there where I'm in that 32 and I don't catch as many fish. But don't get me wrong, some days it's fantastic, but I might have three to 10 fish and they could be sort of from three to six kilo rather than one to five kilo with it couple of five kilos i'm fishing for a bit bigger fish so I'm, I'm fishing that more 30 to 32 meters of water salmon off the beach yeah fantastic bankura was awesome last week for myself 
Matt, like I said, um, I could watch them swimming around like they were, they were everywhere. Seeing great numbers in South Australia yep. as well. South, sort of even WA. Back end of Western Australia. Yep. And then Western Port, I know some whiting got caught. They're a little bit hard at this time of the year, but they got caught. The gummies out of the uh, out of the entrances have been fantastic down at Western Port as well. So if we get that weather, but let's sort of skip a little bit of um, coastline here. I'm going to head up to Sydney because the yellowfin tuna are making an appearance. They are there. And... I'm going to go with I'm, – I'm not a yellowfin tuna fisherman as such. Like the guys up there, I don't specifically target them like they do. They're out there because they're accessible to them. Yep. But this is looking like it's going to be a cracker season for them. We haven't – I don't reckon we've seen numbers like this before and the size. I know a few guys had a few fish to 60 kilo the other day, a four-way and a three-way hookup, and they also had another one closer to 100, 80, 90 kilo. That's a big yellowfin tuna. And amongst them – Big bluefin right from Eden. The water out the front of Eden. I looked at the charts yesterday. The water out the front of Eden. It's a long way out. You're about 100 kilometers out. But it looks really, really good for the bluefin tuna. So there's plenty going on around the coast. Uh, We just need the weather to come good. That was the whip around for Big Four. Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Now it's time for the social club. Thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? James Shatterton. Hi, guys. What would be the ideal boat to buy for a first-time boater? Some advice would be head, appreciated. Head down to um, Melbourne Marine Centre. There's a 650 North Bank. <laughs> <laughs> just looked after that, Pat. I think <laughs> it all depends on, on what you're going to be fishing for. Um, if you're just fishing by yourself or you're going to take the family out, I always tend to think, start small, whether it be a, just a nice sort of a Stacey Quintrex still yep. a steer around the four-metre mark that's easy to launch yourself versus something a little bit more intricate. Yeah, and like I think our number one rule when buying a boat is buy a boat that suits you. And you yep. said it before. I think that's the only explanation for it is basically you're not going to go buy a seven – you're not going to buy a 650 um, uh, North Bank like yours if you're fishing just purely in the rivers or um, and, and if you're not or, And if you're not going to fish that much, like I don't think you need to spend a huge amount. No, no way. And you re- just want a reliable motor. The more you spend, the more comfort I reckon you get, Pat, which if you're only fishing a couple of times a year, you, don't, you can go out there and have a great time in a five grand tinny if, you, if that's what you want. Yeah. But if you're going to start fishing offshore for the tuna, then you're going to start looking at that boat like yourself, Pat. You're going to so see you've got comfort and reliability and security in the boat itself. So I, I would be... Only buying a boat that suits your needs. Don't and, and the the area. I just wouldn't. Yeah, the buy, area is massive. I just wouldn't big, buy yeah. a centre console if you live in Victoria. Well, Pat, you're selling personally. You're selling your North Bank. Nothing to do with the boat itself. You're very busy with football, um, the real ventures as well, and. You've got now what you need. You've got a Stabycraft fifteen fifty, which you can put on the, uh, the the on the beach. And I may be getting a bigger North Bank. Well, <laughs> you'd better not be. Marty will kill you. You're building a house. Um, <laughs> but but like I said, Pat Pat sold his boat. He's launching off the beach out the front of his house. It suits his need. He got it customised to what you wanted. You got your um, um, jacking plates on the back. You did what you had to do. So you made it your boat. So that's the easiest way to explain it. Bookie nights. Advice <laughs> for fishing for gummies at night in Simmons Channel. Rods, check. Tackle, check. Boat, check. Gummies, no good. I've used marks from Salt Guide, but I can't get a bite. What does she need to do? Um, or he, bookie. First of all, I don't very often fish at night. Um, it's very, no, you don't. I hate fishing at night. I hate it. Um, I like sleeping. That's my biggest fact. Um, but 
you don't need to fish at night to catch gummy sharks. You will catch them at night. You also catch them during the day. Um, if you are fishing at night, um, make sure that you, you understanding your tides and your moon phases because if you're fishing anywhere but a full moon, the sea lice is going to destroy you. Yep. Make sure you're fishing the right tides as well. I, on Solkai, you don't just go to a market nighttime and sit on it. There's a reason that I tell you to be at a certain spot at the right time is because... If you're fishing, say, on a full moon and you've got a no tide, there's no good being right up the bay because there's no flow. Go down south and fish there. Um, it's hard to say what you're doing on the boat itself. If you've got lights on as well, it's a big thing of mine too in my own head. Turn your lights off. Have have lights on your head like a head torch looking at the rods or even just put a glow sticks on the end of your rods. I don't like actually um, having all my big lights on. So, yeah. Great question, Bookie Knights. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Yes, it is time for all aboard. Thanks to Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. Our special guest this morning, Aaron, I am very excited about you are. this, is yep. none other than Rob Sitch. Australian fishing icon, I call it. The host of my favourite fishing show of all time, A River Somewhere, and uh, director, producer, screenwriter. Uh, Everything. All around good guy, uh, working dog. Uh, good morning, Rob. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Aaron. I'm not sure who you're more excited to uh, have on. Who's that? Tom or Rob. <laughs> um, <laughs> I reckon you're favouring Rob, but you've had a bit of chat off air. And, uh... Well, I, Rob, I apologise for this in advance because it's a bit like asking you know your favourite rocker of all time to play the song that they've played six million times, but... Can you take me back to the early 90s before River Somewhere started and just talk about your, your passion of fly fishing? Because for so many of us, um, you know, fishing was a real commercialised show, no matter where it was. And then a River Somewhere came along, which was about storytelling and not necessarily the, the trophy catch, but the journey of actually getting there, which I think a lot of people really relate to. Um, and then obviously okay, it kicked off okay. in the late 90s. Well, it's interesting for me because I, before I even fished, I used to listen to Rex Hunt's fishing show on a Friday night, and and I used to just love the world. And Tom Gleisner was a keen fisherman, and he said, why don't, why don't we go fishing together one day? And so he took me up into a lake outside of Dalesford, and we were throwing selters in, and we caught a few, and I, I literally absolutely got hooked, and I thought, this is like... This is like, gee, this is a great pursuit, a perfect day. And on the way out, as the sun was filtering through the trees, it landed on a sign saying fishing prohibited. And so <laughs> my, first, my first ever day was illegal. <laughs> so we went, so it took off from there. And then I reckon it was only in the first year, Tom said, look, why don't we, why don't we do it properly and learn to fly fish? And we went up to the ovens fellow sadly passed now called Evan Matthews and we so really early on we decided we were going to do fly fishing and in terms of the locations that you went obviously it started with the Halkwa um, which is just one of the most beautiful um, locations around Victoria and Australia and and even the world Um, but the locations you went to it's not like they you know you find them in a travel magazine they're quite off the map 
Yeah, so that was the aim. And we sort of, um, I mean, the great thing about fly fishing locations is they tend to be in beautiful places. I, I often say, like, if you take up, say, squash, a squash court's going to look pretty similar all over the world. But really good fly fishing rivers, are, you know, they're in mountains. And um, and a few of the places we looked at, unfortunately, sort of were, were in the middle of civil wars. And, and so we had to pick and choose where we went. But we tried to get a bit exotic and a bit obvious. Um, you know, Europe, Europe, oddly enough, has got some great fly fishing and people don't realise it. And then we, we sort of heard about these islands off Venezuela and, you know, we were a bit naive about travelling and filming um, and you guys have done it and you know it's it's not as simple as it looks in the finished product. <laughs> but it's funny, I think it was an odd enough thing to do um, and it was pre-9-11 and we were lugging all this gear and people were really good to us. So so we were able to, we're able to cross borders a bit easier than you would today. Out of all the places you've travelled, Rob, um, like, like you said, Pat, there's some really, I guess, I've never even heard of half the places. So <laughs> it's true. Um, where was outside it? of Port Phillip Bay for you. Outside really? of Port Phillip Bay. Uh, now, where, where have you done your best work? Where have you enjoyed the most? Well, it's, it's telling that the place that Tom and I go back to all the time is New Zealand. So, we, you know, it gets harder when you have kids. But both the North and South Island of New Zealand is... It's probably it's probably the best fishing you can do in the world. The the, the water clarity, sight fishing, it's tough. You know, it's it's as in it won't suffer mugs easily. But you know, there's nothing that will kill you. Um, you know, if you do a lot of fishing in Australia, Australians, we all just get used to snakes everywhere. But to go to New Zealand, and I think the I think the most dangerous thing they have in New Zealand is, a, is a, an angry seagull. Is <laughs> and, and, and so you've got that as well. It's a really benign landscape, but with the most stunning rivers in the world. The Tongariro is one of those, and the one that you filmed, um, Rob, is that your favourite? No, so that's a, win- that's a real kind of a winter river. So we, our favourite probably, the, we did at the Derville, which is up in the Nelson Lakes National Park. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of beautiful rivers around Queenstown. Um, some of the best rivers, probably the best river I went down was the Rangitiki in the central North Island. Uh, sort of a chopper drops you in uh, at the head and then you sort of raft down and come out five days later, hopefully. And, and again, that, you know, that's just a, that's such a special place. Now, trout, Pat, we talk about trout here and um, what we fish for. Um, we just spoke earlier in the show about the Hopkins is some big trout being caught, and yep. New Zealand's obviously the home of big trout. I'm not talking about the kilo ones, Pat. What's the biggest trout that you've caught in the New Zealand rivers? Because they grow massive over there. Yeah, so t- uh, Tom got double figures. He went over 10. I've had about you know maybe a dozen at the eight, eight, eight and a half mark. But once they get above four or five, I mean, for, for Victorian anglers, I mean, that's plenty. That said, you know, there's, there's, it, there's a lot of really good fly fishermen and, and um, trout fishermen in Victoria that will go up sort of unheralded little streams and, and pull out four and five pound rounds. That's for sure. Rob, uh, the connotations around most fly fishermen, unfortunately, is that they either drive Land Rovers or Range Rovers, and it just, you know, it's just got like the little ski sort of uh, 
the ski racks on top. <laughs> nearly, um, nearly on par with nearly on par with Yachty's. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Paddy, when you come fishing with me, pop in the Kia Sportage. <laughs> um, uh, so you don't subscribe to that theory because most fly fishing that I meet, that I meet they drive wonderful cars and they don't exactly look. So like Pat's built actually for the outback. Pat's actually got a separate car for when he goes fly fishing. He's got a Range Rover. That he goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We all we all got the beaten up Ute out the back. <laughs> No, it's uh, it, well, the heritage of, of fly fishing was always that it was a you know it was a it was sort of an upper class pursuit. But I think you know Australia's good at democratising most things, and the equipment, cheap fly fishing equipment, is so good now that you know as Tom Gleisner said this to people that oh you know could I take it up? And he used to say, hey, it's not like learning the piano. It's it's in the hands of a good casting instructor, you can get the hang of it in the morning, enough yep. to go out and enjoy yourself, and then you've got the rest of your life to improve. Exactly well, right. Yeah. Oh, you get, no, you're right, Paddy. I was going to ask Rob, I was going to say, you've been to all these places in the world, and I'm really interested in, um, we, we, we speak about it regularly, unusual captures and weird things that you catch. Um, being all around the world like you have, what's the most unusual thing you've actually caught, whether it's not unusual for a spot, but yourself that you've caught? Oh, we, we, it, when we were in Venezuela, it was, that's a bone fishing location. And you know, bone fishing is, is almost as good as trout fishing. It's, you know, it's 30 degrees, you're in shorts, you're wading in two feet of warm water. But the, the guy that, the guy that we were using said, have you ever fished for juvenile tarpon? And we went, oh, we'll give it a bash. Well, juvenile tarpon are 20 pounds and it was sight fishing with, you know, 10 weight rods. And <laughs> these things fly out of the water. It's, it's probably the best fishing I've ever done. It was unbelievable. Do you have time for fishing now, Rob? Obviously, that was, yeah, it was creation of a, of a show. And, and, and I don't think people sometimes realize just how much time and energy goes into the creation of a show and the, you, you don't actually spend that much time fishing when you're doing and it. And Pat's favourite words, that was great, do it again. <laughs> well, that's what the, ca- that's well, what the ca- camera are always saying to you. <laughs> that was great, do it again. Yeah, so so you will know now, Fatty, that um, children are the natural enemy of free time. And we, we, we went into a bit of a lull after that. Because, you know, travelling overseas to fishing, whether you're filming or not, takes a bit of extra effort. But then after a few missed years, we sort of resolved with each other that, you know, we were, we'll go back to doing what we used to film, but do it for, for enjoyment. And so Tom and I will all, will do at least one trip a year, literally like how we shot it in a river somewhere. We'll, you know, get, get in the car and drive up somewhere or fly somewhere interesting. And, and you know, I mean, Victoria's got some great mountains. So we'll we'll sort of both of us have got a four wheel drive or access to it, and you know we'll we'll. In his always, Range Rover, yeah, it's a Range Rover. In his Range Rover, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the, the latest Range Rover, and, um, and and we'll you know we look at a map and fishermen will know this. There's always a river you're meant to go to, and then we'll try and do it. And you know that that has its ups and downs, and it, but occasionally you trip over a place and you, that you know you should have been doing for the last thirty years. And for us, it's still magical. Yeah. Mm. Now, before we let you go, will we ever see another series of a river somewhere? Because <laughs> I reckon about four years ago, you would have noticed in your account there might have been like two cents that went in because I I updated my 
VCR <laughs> to an to an iTunes p- purchase of A River Somewhere. Will we see it again? Do you know the funny thing is, is, of all the shows that we've done, the one that Tom and I get the warmest comments about is, is A River Somewhere. And, you know, having made it, we, we're sort of on the inside. So it's it's funny. We sort of can never quite work out why people years later, you know, sort of can watch it again and again. But Tom and I, we do talk about it because there's a whole bunch of like, we sat down maybe a couple of years ago and on a whiteboard and, and mapped out a series and, and, and got a big burst of enthusiasm and, and uh and and then you know then school children took over again. But you know, I reckon there'd be a chance because you can film these things so much more easily than we than we did. Well, that that's a great point because obviously you actually had, and I'm sorry, I'm supposed to let you go, but you had helicopters and you had some some great image capture while you were filming Range Rover. But it's changed so much in that in that oh, time. Oh, it's yeah. been well, twenty we, years. We, 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 you know, this is. Uh, for, for, <laughs> this is granddad talking. We shot on film, so <laughs> sorry, and sorry. What's, now, what's, know, we, that? We, what's that? What's <laughs> that? Oh, no, film. To, um, you know, I, I mean, you can see it all on my MySpace account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, but now you've got drones. We had to hire helicopters and all these sorts of things. I mean, you can you can get such brilliant footage now so easily. And the ABC had a bigger budget then, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom and I were multitasking. That's how we. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, uh, really appreciate your your time this morning and talking about uh, a river somewhere and and your your passion for fly fishing. Um, thanks for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. Uh, pleasure. Thanks, guys. That was Rob Sitch. How good is that? I just love his passion Great chat, for it? fly fishing, a river somewhere, and the fact that. Just there's a glimmer of hope, Redmond, that there may be a river somewhere three. <laughs> You've just been all uh, That was all there. aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Now it's time for Red's Review for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. For store locations, visit thirstycamel.com.au. You're always aware of sort of where the sort of local Thirsty Camel is, aren't you? <sighs> well, you just make out that I'm this... Got a problem. I, I don't. I had a couple beers on the weekend watching you run around like a fool last weekend. Come on, mate. Now, we're, the, we're sharing the review. We are sharing Because the we're going to help not only you sell your boat, but we're also going to help people sell a boat. Because you are officially selling the North Bank, Patrick. I am. I'm selling my North Bank 650. Yep. 2015 model. 650 hardtop. 650 hardtop. It's got a... Uh, a Two thousand and uh, sorry, two hundred and twenty-five horsepower Merc Verado. It's done about forty hours, so it's very, very new. I've done thirty-two of them. We, you've done basically <laughs> all of them. Um, so it is for sale. Um, it's got just about every possible bell and whistle. It's got the Garmin radar. It's got ten-inch touchscreen pie warmer in there. Dometic. The fridges. pie warmer is the best thing in the actual. But also, you selling them with the Dometics. There's the Dometic uh, cool boxes. Cool box, sorry, yep, yep. not the yep. fridge. Yep. So it's all uh, it's all set up. It's all well. It's got the outriggers, eleven. Uh, Rod rocket launcher, so anchor winch, anchor winch. So for further details, um, contact Melbourne Marine Centre. They've got all the details around it. And uh, I thought you were going to say contact so. me then. Just <laughs> 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 wait. No, I was going to say no, no, no. So for all the details on my 650 North Bank yep. 2015 model, uh, head to Melbourne Marine Centre uh, their website for more details. The boat is fully kit- uh, kitted out. It is a great boat. Um, I've fished out of it with Pat. Um, I've 
when you for the fishing side of things. Perfect offshore I, boat. Yeah, perfect offshore boat. It's got everything you need. But um, when it comes, Redmond, to selling yes. your boat, um, I'm selling mine um, on consignment through Melbourne Marine Centre. But there's plenty of ways to do it, isn't there? Yeah, the, by doing what you're doing, you avoid the crap talk, if that makes sense. You yep. um, now, I've. Uh, the uh, Geelong Marine World boys as well. I know them. They sell, uh, they sell boats for you too. And yep. the only reason I know a little bit of the inside is um, they take a bit of a cut of off the sale, which the Melbourne Marine crew will do with yours. Yep. But um, I, I think there's no better way than having someone else sell um, a boat for you. But usually, a lot of the reason for that is because they know how to sell boats. Yep. They know how to talk. And um, not, no, I'm not saying this in a bad way. If you are selling a boat. They know take, how to sell a boat. But take, take Andrew, for instance. He works with Mercury every yes. single day. He works with North Bank. If you've got the question, they can in. answer it. Yep. So they've got the... But what the, I reckon you can recommend, though, is just to, if you do want to make a little bit more money, social media is fantastic. It, how good social media, Pat? Yep. It's, it's a free advertising um, platform. There's so many different pages on social media that you can post your boat for sale on. Geelong Online Sales, a local one to us that or we if, have. Or if you look at uh, old school uh, Deep Vs, which is the Haynes one, yep. incredibly popular group, a lot of those boats now will get resold through that. But in terms of the websites, Redmond, that we use and that we recommend, the top sites, obviously... You're always sales. on boat sales. Boatsales.com, um, Boat Point. Um, you've obviously got classifieds, your local paper and that sort of thing. Gumtree's been yeah, popular. Yeah, Gumtree. Um, Probably, I reckon, more of your bargain hunters are in Gumtree versus real buyers. what you'll get in BoatSales.com. Probably there's a bit of a price discrepancy there. But they're your main ones when it comes to selling your boat. Yeah, and don't like, and don't be afraid to um like you're gonna get pe- you're gonna get a lot of crap talk come through with people coming just to look at the boat and go through it and this and that. Um, it's just part of it. It's it's part of the package we sell in a boat, and that's where we were saying before, um, the money that you pay. So I don't know what do you look. I don't know if you want to say the numbers. What do you pay for um? Mine to, will be, it'll be about a hundred and. No, grand. yeah. So, so what do you pay for though for someone that's on consignment to for someone to actually? I can be one or two percent. I've got no yeah, idea. So it's, it's, I'm making it up to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I, I think no I idea. think you're about right. It's a couple percent, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, cut for a couple percent, you don't deal might with be, might be the rubbish. I'm not sure. Um, also, another good thing is when people are selling boats, they might throw things in, and not only do you help, does that help the sale, but it also helps the person that's actually um, the venue, like Melbourne Marine Centre, yep. in making a sale as well on other products. So they might do a discount on things as well. Like I know Jake and that, they'll go, oh, if you buy this, we'll throw this in, you'll get an engine cover, you do this, you do that. You can also pick up some really good deals by putting it, and that's where you can also make your money back as well. Yep. So I think it's. Leverage um, the, the yeah, buy. Yeah, definitely. So uh, when you are selling a boat, you've got all the online aspects and also consignment with. A, um, with actually a um, with a boat manufacturer itself. That was Red's review. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. What are you building for? That was Red's review. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Your perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. They're your yes, perfect they outdoor companions, Redmond. Yes, with a stubby holder. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Visit your New Age Caravan dealer today. Start your summer adventure with a New Age Caravan. 
uhcaravans.com.au. You're talking surf fishing for yes. the tip for this weekend, Redmond. I was down with Squidly last week chasing the uh, salmon off the surf. Great and a uh, um, friend of our show, the human squid. Flood tides, incoming tide. Yep. Beach is getting loaded with water. Salmon come in. Yep. No swell when I was fishing for them. I could see the schools going through the water. I could see the school, the one big school, probably 50 metres wide, pushing in and out. And I could see them visually with my with my eyes. But the problem was, Squidly left his sunnies in the car. That's generally how you see things. Yes, Don't. but I saw him with my eyes, through my polarised sunglasses. Now, I wear the Tonic Eyewear sunglasses. I, I love that brand. I love, and I, I, I'm so passionate about my sunglasses and how good they are. Squidly left his in the car. Squidly couldn't see the salmon were. It's the same thing when you go trout fishing. You cannot go because obviously being, so reliant on sight fishing. Yep, and being smart with the lenses. Now, I know it costs a lot of money to buy sunglasses. Two pairs I recommend you need. You need one with your normal... I like the copper lens underneath, but on the surface, I like the mirror lens. So, like, if I'm... Because I'm a blue water fisherman. Yep. I traditionally fish actually green water. Yep. So, our water here isn't like Fiji. It's... It's it's definitely that different in colour. So I actually wear a green lens. So here right now, Pat, you can see I actually wear a green lens, but they're copper in the inside. So it's it's still got that um it's still got the it still takes out the glare with the um actual uh green lens itself. But when you're trout fishing, just wearing the photo um photo synthetic lens with the copper is a massive difference when you're fishing in brown water. So it makes a huge difference, yeah. Huge. Totally it is incredible. Great. And I would recommend getting a pair of each. If you've got to save for six months, whatever it is, put $10 away. But the sunnies make a difference, whatever fishing you are doing. That was Red Tip for New Age Caravans. It's time for the flying gaff for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Now, do you know how much Greater Northern you can purchase for $15,500? <laughs> A couple of slabs there, Pat. <laughs> you can get a couple of slabs. So the premature, this is not the official gaff, but the premature gaff this week goes to Ben in Cunnington, who continues to get fined. And I don't know how he, his missus lets him in the house, but he's got 15 and a half grand worth of fines so far this year, Redmond. Not only can you get an absolute load of fishing gear, you can buy yourself a damn boat for that. So, uh, Cunners... You've got the premature gaff. And he loves his fishing so much. Imagine the gear he could have. Correct. Now, the actual gaff goes to the British backpackers who are uh, playing with a blue-ringed octopus and uh, putting it on their uh, on their forearm. Um, it's got enough venom in it to kill 26 people um, in only a few minutes, apparently. It is literally only a few minutes so your heart stops. So it is one of the dumbest things you've ever you could ever possibly see. So if you do see a blue ring octopus, one, leave it one of the, alone. One of the symptoms is your heart stopping. And I've done that before and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> that is the flying gaff. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tires. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Greater Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Aaron says so. See you later. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91